Good morning, listeners, and welcome to another edition of Mercury, a broadcast of hope. I'm Max O'Brien. I'm here on this, the 202nd day since we came back on the air. We have in the studio Dr. Rosalind Clark and Alaska Chance, because who doesn't like some fireworks every now and then? Keep it up, Max. I do this in self-defense, you know? Without a voice of sanity, I hesitate to think what the two of you would come up with together. Oh, I wouldn't worry, Dr. Clark. Max may have some odd ideas, but he still isn't really ready to embrace the fact that zombies are just like you and me. Just like you and me. That's funny. I've never once felt the urge to eat another person. Grievous bodily harm, maybe, but not actually eat. Okay, hold up. Save it for the actual topic. Alaska asked if she could come on the air today to talk about a new idea she's had. That's right. Now, as I've readily admitted on a number of occasions, you can't just trust every zombie you come across. There's a window of time right after they turn when they can be saved. But once you get past that, the chances of success get a lot lower. I haven't been able to successfully bring anybody back once they've passed that point, but I'm still trying. And I have a new idea I'm trying out that I wanted to share with everyone so we can try to expand the number of people who can report back on the results. That's a surprisingly scientific approach to a completely ridiculous premise. Alaska, your brother is the only actual example of what you're suggesting. And since we haven't had the opportunity to examine him, all we really have to go on is your word. Literally nobody has duplicated your results, which, by the way, is the gold standard for how reliable scientific conclusion is. I agree with Dr. Clark, but let's hear what your new technique is anyway, Alaska. We could be talking about that time. So up to now, I've been concentrated on trying to get to know who the zombie is as a person. I've asked them about their day, about what their life was like before they became a zombie, what their job was, what job they'd like to do in this new world, that kind of thing. But unless you really know them, like I did with Austin, it's really hard to know what to ask them and even harder to understand what they say. That's because they don't talk. Of course they do. Every living thing talks just in its own way. Dogs, cats, and other domesticated animals vocalize, and even wild animals who might also vocalize will communicate with body language. Not everybody speaks English, Dr. Clark. Fine. Go on. What did the zombies say to you besides, I want to eat your face? Well, we're still learning. But what I'm suggesting is that we start asking some standard questions that will let us learn about the zombies. There's even examples in the literature. What literature? I found this book. It's called, What is the Name of This Book? by Raymond Smullyan. And in it, he has a whole section on vampires, which, as we know, are just another kind of undead. There's even a short chapter about an island of zombies, although I don't think that section is going to be very helpful. Well, that's really interesting, Alaska. So this book talks about how to interpret the communication of the undead? Not exactly. Uh, it proposes a series of questions you can ask to try to determine certain bits of information that the zombie may not be able to communicate. One really important bit of information in this book is that humans always tell the truth and zombies always lie. Okay, that's it. I've had it with this whole concept. I've read this book. I read it when I was a kid. Way back then, we all thought zombies were just a thing that somebody made up. This isn't a documentary. This isn't literature, except in the fictional sense. It certainly isn't a peer-reviewed paper. Uh, But Dr. Smullyan is a professor of philosophy. If anybody would know, he would. He's not a zombie expert, Alaska. He's a logic expert. The vampires and the zombies and the werewolves he talks about in the book are just to give the math and logic he's trying to get the reader to think about a a little flavor to make it less dry so people will be more interested in it. 
There's also a much larger chapter on Tweedledee and Tweedledum. You aren't expecting to run into them outside somewhere, are you? I don't know. I've met a few people that might have matched that description. Stay out of this, Max. Look, the purpose of this book is to help people think about logic in a systematic way. You're presented with a list of constraints, and then you have to derive information from within those constraints. So, for example, humans tell the truth and zombies lie. Or vampires. Or whoever. And then, with just one question, you have to figure out whether the person you're talking to is a human or a zombie. Yes, you're getting it! No, but you're going to! It's all fiction! The book is so cool, but this isn't what it's for! Well, I'm trying it anyway. Fine, I can't stop you. Just be careful. And here's your book. Oh, no, you can keep it. I've already made my own notes. Look, Dr. Clark, I understand that you and I don't share the same outlook and experience in this area, but... Surely you can understand wanting to expand knowledge, even in areas where success may not seem very likely. I suppose. Science does have a long history of accidental discoveries. But this is way beyond that. And we're way beyond our time, so I'm going to wrap this up for today. Folks, as always, remember that Alaska is a specialist in this area, so don't try this at home. Or anywhere else, for that matter. Let Alaska take the lead here and report back. For Mercury, a broadcast of hope, this has been Max O'Brien, Dr. Rosalind Clark, and Alaska Chance. We'll be back tomorrow. Take care of each other.